Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, 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 and welcome back into another episode of Believe in the ATP Tour. I'm your host, Jacob Sersosimo, and today you are listening on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. We've got a good show for you today. We're going to really break down Wimbledon and what to expect in that tournament and the only grass court major of the year over the pond over in Great Britain. We're also going to break down what's happened leading up to it, some of the storylines to follow, and really everything you need to know about Wimbledon. Now, let me just say this before I get into the other things is Wimbledon this year is a massive deal, just like the French was, but even more of a big deal because Roger Federer has been out of tennis um, essentially since the pandemic started last March. Um, he had a couple surgeries. He didn't play in a lot of tournaments. He didn't play in really any Grand Slams until the French Open and then backs out of the French Open so that he can be ready for Wimbledon. So there are a lot, and when I say a lot, I mean a lot of eyes on Wimbledon as far as Roger Federer is concerned and a lot of interest in what's going to be happening this year at Wimbledon. But before we get there, let's get to a few tournaments that were leading up to Wimbledon. I've told you about uh, Hala, and I've told you about Queens, and now we're going to get to Mallorca, and the winner of Mallorca is Daniil Medvedev, and that's his first ever grass court trophy, his title on grass court, and I thought this would honestly come a little sooner because he is such a fast court player. He does really well on hard court. He does well on grass court. He traditionally doesn't do very well on clay court. I mean, he only got his first wins at the Roland Garros this year. So he traditionally is a faster court player. Well, he gets out early in Hala and then, you know, especially after making a run on clay at Roland Garros. So he's kind of been all over the place a little bit, but you can never count out Daniil Medvedev. And I mean, it helps that the number two seed in this tournament backs out. Um, you know, Dominic Team, which we're going to get to here in a little bit when we talk about Wimbledon, he left with a wrist injury in the second round. So, I mean, looking at the semis even, it was Medvedev versus Karina Busta, which was a three-set match. But Karina Busta, especially on, on grass, is no match for Daniil Medvedev. And then you got Sam Query, who played... Monterino. So, I mean, these are guys that kind of have no business being in a, you know, in the same category as Daniil Medvedev. So, for him to win this tournament, um, it's not a massive surprise, but it was an ATP 250, just kind of leading up to Wimbledon. But especially after he did not play well in Hala, I think this was expected because he needed, you know, a better tune-up tournament than he had in Hala to play in Wimbledon. And so coming to Mallorca, playing in the gorgeous city of Mallorca, um, which is Rafael Nadal's, you know, old stomping grounds. I think I think that's good for him as far as prep and just a confidence boost to win that tournament. Um, you know, a lot of the game is mental. And so for him to even win that tournament, even if it's not a great tournament, that's big. Um, let's move on to another ATP 250, Eastbourne. Eastbourne was also going on in Great, Great Britain Sorry, last week. And the number one seed was Guyama on Feast. Kind of a disappointing run for him as he loses. He's the one seed. He loses in his second round to Max Purcell. But the two seed was Alex Day Manure. There are some younger names in this. Uh, Miguel Yimer. Um, you look at Francis Tiafo. Some, some definitely younger crowd. Bublik was in this tournament. 
except Songa is not a younger crowd, but John Millman, uh, Lorenzo Sinego. You look at some of these younger guys that played in this tournament, and it's kind of a younger tournament playing into Wimbledon. And the shocking part about this was in the final was Alex De Manure and Lorenzo Sinego. Lorenzo Sinego, if you remember, played Rafael Nadal on clay and looks up to Nadal and is just a real young gun. And I've talked about him in a podcast before. And he's just someone to keep an eye on. He's one of those younger guys that's really bursting onto the scene as a good player. And he's not just playing well. He's making finals like he did here in Eastbourne. And he's winning important matches. And he's beating bigger players. May not be beating Rafael Nadal, but you don't have to beat Rafael Nadal to beat big players. There's a lot of them out there. A lot of really, really good vets and people that have been on tour for a while that he's beating. And he's playing well against. But... He ends up losing in the final here to Alex Damanour in a tiebreaker. Oh, just a heartbreaker for Senego. But Alex Damanour gets a grass court title before heading to Wimbledon. Now, let's talk Wimbledon. Now, there's a ton of storylines that are surrounding this year's Wimbledon. And I talked about the Roger Federer one before. Um, I talked about Mallorca and Eastburn. But Federer is the big storyline surrounding Wimbledon. And if you don't think so, you're living under a rock. I mean... Roger Federer has 20 Grand Slams. Rafael Nadal has 20 Grand Slams. Novak Djokovic has 19. Who's probably the favorite to win Wimbledon right now? Novak Djokovic. He's won the Australian Open and he's won Roland Garros. And so Novak Djokovic is coming into this tournament with 19 Grand Slams. If he wins Wimbledon right here, he's 20 and he's tied with Rafa and Roger at 20. Roger doesn't have many chances left to go above 20. Who does? Rafa and Djokovic, and Djokovic really, really does. The way he's playing, he has a high chance of getting near 25, and I've been public about this in the past, is Novak Djokovic's ceiling, especially at age 33, 34 that he's sitting at right now, I believe it's 34, he has a higher ceiling than the other two players. It's straight up that. He can win on any surface, and the level that he's playing at right now is unbelievable. So if Roger Federer wants to get above 20, this is his chance, and if he doesn't win here, I don't know if he can win on hard court, whether that be at the U.S. Open or whether that be um, at the Australian Open. He sure isn't going to win at Roland Garros next year, so he's pretty much packing it in until he turns 40 and try to win another Wimbledon next year. So really, this is his only tournament he can win, um, but it is his tournament, so this is going to be very, very, very interesting. And unlike a lot of players playing in this tournament, he doesn't have that short turn around that some of those other guys do because Novak Djokovic played into June, well into June um, at Roland Garros. And a lot of other players played well into June at Roland Garros as well, especially some of the bigger seeds. And Roger Federer dipped early out of French Open. And so he'll have he's had some time to really get ready for grass and prepare himself for grass. So this might be his time where... He, you know, he's he's going to make a run. He's going to make a run, and he has to. This is his only real chance is this year, maybe next year. So I am fully expecting Roger Federer to put all of his eggs in one basket, push his body to the limit, and if he doesn't end up playing in the U.S. Open this year because of it, so be it. His focus isn't on the U.S. Open. His focus is literally on nothing else right now but Wimbledon. However, Roger Federer is not even a top five seed. Let's look at the seeding for this tournament. Number one, Novak Djokovic. No shock to anybody. Number two, Daniil Medvedev. Number three seed, but number four in the world is Stefano Tsitsipas. That's because Rafael Nadal is not playing in this tournament. Number four seed, 
But sixth in the world is Alexander Sverov. Number five seed is uh, Rublev. Number six seed is Roger Federer. Number seven seed is Matteo Berrettini. Eight seed is Batista Agut. Nine seed is Schwartzman. And 10 seed is Shapo. That's good to see Shapovalov in the top 10 seed of this tournament. He deserves it. He's a really good player. And grass is where he thrives. He just needs to actually play well. After not playing in the French Open, he needs to play well here because there should be a lot of pressure on Shapo. He's young, but he's showing that and he's proving that he can play well on grass. And so he's re- he's really got to play well in this tournament, I think, because he pulled out of the French Open. The only reason you pull out of the French Open is to have a good clay or to have a good grass court season. And so if he doesn't have a good grass court season, well then why'd you pull out of the French Open? Kind of doesn't make any sense. Um, putting all his eggs kind of in one basket. Let's move on and kind of look at the bracket here. Some of the first-round matches that I think are going to be really, really good are the American Sebastian Corda versus number 15 seed Alex de Manure. Now, Sebastian Corda has had a pretty, pretty good uh, year so far in 2021. He's won a tournament, and Alex de Manure is coming off of winning a tournament. But I think as a first-round pick, as a first-round match, these two youngsters battling it out, that's kind of t- that's a tough draw for the 15 seed. And I'll, and I'll tell you that. 10 times out of 10. That is a tough draw for Damon Ure to have to play Sebastian Corda off the bat. And then you and then two qualities play on the other side. I, I know it gets random draw and all that stuff, but hey, that's professional sports. I'll tell you that. Um, Andy Murray, the wild card. Um, you know, everybody knows Andy Murray, the uh, English player who was once part of the big four. Now it's the big three. And he's he's won Wimbledon before coming back from his hip surgeries and all that jazz. Kind of a comeback story, a really, really good comeback story. Um, Andy Murray is playing uh, Bashlashvile, who beat Roger Federer already this year. I've talked about him before. Um, and I think Bashlashvile had a really good Australian Open, if I believe. Don't quote me on that. I have to remember. But um, that's going to be a really good uh, match to watch as well, because Bashlashvile is number 24 in the world. So that'll obviously be something to keep your eye on. And then another one that I think, this is the last one I think that's going to be really, really good, is the number two seed, Daniil Medvedev, is playing Struff in the first round. And if you remember correctly, Struff knocked out Medvedev in Hala. And I talked about Hala earlier for Medvedev, not playing well, and he just hasn't had a grass court season you probably expected. Um, gets beat out in Hala by Jan Leonard Struff. And so... This this as a first round match is baffling to me, and I like I said, I know random draws sometimes and things like this can happen. I get it, but for Medvedev to draw Struff in the first round, he's got to be coming for vengeance. And in my eyes, there's no way Struff wins that match. However, that is a really tough match to play with someone unseated that's already beat you once on grass this year. Wimbledon grass is a little different. I've heard. I've heard that some of these other tournaments, you know, they do have grass. But it's just a different type of grass. And you know how, you know, grass and grass can be so specific, all that jazz. But I've heard it's a different type of grass, whether it's thicker, not as thick. Wimbledon's quicker than all these other courts. Who knows? But um, I think it's going to be different than Hala. And I think Medvedev kind of comes out of that one playing really, really, really well. Um, Let's look at kind of my picks to win this tournament. Um, Ah. 
I, I, I really don't know. Um, it's kind of a toss-up. I, I, I'd love to throw, like, Sferov in the mix as a tall guy with a big serve and a big forehand and just plays really well, and I think he can play really well on grass. Um, but it's really hard to go against Novak Djokovic, just the way he's playing and being the number one seed and not being on the same side as Roger Federer of the bracket and being able to battle it out and win the French Open. However, that could work to his disadvantage because the French Open did take a lot out of Novak Djokovic. Um, so much so, I'm not even sure he played in any tournaments leading up to, I don't think he played any tournaments leading up to Wimbledon this year. So, here is my prediction for Wimbledon because it seems like over the last few years, every time you bet against the big three, it's a big three in the final every single time. I am going to go Federer. Djokovic in the Wimbledon final, and I'm going to have Federer winning this Wimbledon final. The only reason I'm giving Federer an edge, one, because I think he wants it more, two, because Djokovic has had a really long year already. He's already won two Grand Slams, and I think that Roland Garros took a ton out of him. You look at the five-set match in the final, you look at the four-set match against Rafael Nadal. Just an absolute battle of a tournament. Just a battle, battle, battle of a tournament. And that's why I don't like the French Open leading right into Wimbledon like this. I really don't. But I think that's going to hurt Djokovic when it comes to getting deeper in this tournament just because it, it just takes a toll on your body. He needs a break. He needs something. I know he got a little bit of a break in between these two, but I don't think it was long enough because he is just, I mean, there's a heavyweight fight out there for the Rafa match in the semis. And so that was less than a month ago. So I'm going to give Fed, I'm going to, I'm going to do a total Homer call here and say Roger Federer wins Wimbledon. He gets his 21st grand slam. And to be honest with you, Federer hasn't played great since coming back on tour, but I also think he's canning something in the bag. I mean, he's Roger Federer. He's the best player to ever play the sport of tennis. I think he has more in the bag and, but I don't think he showed us everything that he is capable of. And I don't know why he would. I think he's got a lot that he's just kind of holding from us. And he knew all these tournaments. He didn't want to push himself too far. And so I think now all hands are on deck. Everything is a go. And now it's pretty much up to Fed to really get it going. And Federer said he's feeling mentally strong. He said that in a press conference just last week. So... There's there's a lot I could talk about on Wimbledon, and I feel like I've touched on the main things that you need to focus on going into this tournament. Um, once again, it's kind of at odd hours, but I believe ESPN carries Wimbledon, which is going to be big for viewership because the French Open is always so hard to follow, and I think um, Wimbledon is going to be a little bit easier to follow. Matches start on Monday. Um, the 28th is the first day of Wimbledon and they go until the 11th of July and so after this there's a good month and some change until the U.S. Open so I think all all hands are on deck a lot of players are really going to throw the kitchen sink at this tournament look for Shapo to make a run I really think Shapo can make a run in this tournament he didn't play in the French Open specifically to get ready for this tournament and you know he had a little bit of an injury that he didn't want to risk on playing longer points to come over here to grass in Wimbledon so look for Medvedev and Shapo to really make a run at this tournament. I'm really looking forward to it. If anybody's going to beat Roger, I think it's going to be Medvedev. And I could see Medvedev making it to the finals or even winning this tournament as well. So I appreciate you listening. There's a lot more that's happened last week that I'm not going to touch on until after Wimbledon 
just because I really, really, really want to focus on Wimbledon. And some of it is Andy Murray said a couple things about, um, you know, the whole Alexander Sverov and what he thinks, uh, what he thinks the ATP should do about assault and sexual assault and abusive and all that stuff. What what the ATP should do when that stuff comes into play. And then there's other stuff that coming out about um, a, a players' union. And Novak Djokovic has said a few things on it, and they sent out a press release. And th- there's stuff out there on the internet that has to do with this players' union. And you can go check it out yourself. But I'm just telling you, I'm going to talk about all this after after this tournament's over because there's so much to talk about when it comes to Wimbledon. And I don't want to be sitting here all day just beating things down your throat. And so what it is, it's a it's a joint letter between Vasek Pospisil and Novak Djokovic. Um, pretty much, it's an official statement and a 30-year plan for the ATP, and they pretty much lay everything out. It's on Novak Djokovic's uh, Twitter page. You can go look at it. You can go check it out. I'm going to dig a lot, lot deeper into this and try to understand a little bit more about it. I know something about it, but I want to understand more about it until I really bring it to you guys and drop it in there. But it's a 30-year plan, folks. This ain't going away any, any time soon. So I'll, I'll let you in on it after the, Wimb- the Wimbledon Championships. But if you can't wait any longer, feel free to go check it out on social media. But I'll give you my thoughts, and I'll break down a lot more after Wimbledon's over. But Wimbledon... It's here. It's good to be here. I'm so excited that Wimbledon Tennis is back. We have the third Grand Slam starting this week. And my pick to win, it's Roger Federer. Everybody take care. You can reach out to me at Jacob Sersosimo on Instagram and Twitter, at Believe Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Take care of yourself. Be safe. Let's watch some grass court tennis. Saving money on exterior wall lights. Now at Menards. Find your style with Patriot Lighting. Exterior lights enhance the look of your home. Choose from over 50 options from Patriot Lighting. Now through May 19th, get $10 instant savings on a single qualifying purchase of $100 or more on in-stock outdoor wall lights. Check out our entire selection of outdoor lights and see the rest of our deals happening now on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.